Okay, I'm really excited about this message because it's very near and dear to my heart. The title of the message is, it's a part two of last week, which was to not ignore, do not ignore his benefits. But then the subtitle is Eagle Benefits. Because those of you who know my story know that I have this amazing, uh, loving kindness kiss from God, big kiss, big hug from God that he just, he just has given to me, and it's about eagles. So um, I've just got a lot to share about eagles, but I want to give a little um, background first about what I talked about last week because it's important, and I want to make sure that this truth is in your heart before I share the eagle, benef the eagle benefits. So here's the first scripture. This is a new one. God just opened up to me this week. It's Colossians 1.12. Now, 113 is a scripture that I declare all the time, that we have been transferred out of the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom realm of the Son of God. That's a powerful scripture, and I love it. But this is the one that comes right before it. And it had never rung deep in my heart until this week. Listen to this scripture. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in his light. So at the beginning, it's talking about hearts that soar. Hold on to the word soar, because we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. This promises your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude. Last week, we talked about the importance of praising God abundantly with thanksgiving for the benefits. The benefits is our inheritance, our glorious inheritance that we have as children of God. Those benefits that are in Psalm 103, which we talked about last week, and we're going to continue talking about this week, those benefits are our inheritance. And there's a whole lot more than those five benefits that we're talking about. Because the immensity of the grace of God is so extraordinary. It's so extravagant. Oh, it's so, the, the most extravagant gift beyond worldly, the most extravagant gift we can imagine. And God says, our hearts can soar. But the only way they're going to soar is when we step into the truth. When we let our souls be fed with the truth. You can't soar with what I know. You can't soar with what God has revealed to me. It needs to be in your heart. So that's my prayer. That God just does a download tonight. A major download into your hearts. So that your hearts soar with joyful gratitude. When you think about your ego benefits. So last week we read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And um, let's just read it together again. This is a beautiful psalm to just raise our voices in praise to God. So read it with me, please. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deep within me, bless his holy name. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, 
who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you lavishly with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the soaring eagles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love this word. So last week, we, we started out with looking at verses 1 and 2. And I want to review. This is the one piece that I want to review very quickly before we talk about benefit number 5. The scripture says, the psalmist says, through the anointing of the Spirit, the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul. That word bless means to kneel in adoration and reverence before the Lord with deep praise, with abundant praise and thanksgiving for who he is, for what he's done, for what his word says he's done. We are to bless the Lord and then it says, oh, my soul. That's because our soul is our choice. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. We have a free will. And the problem we have in this world is that many times we don't feel like praising God. It's not our will. And we choose not to, or we just don't even think about it. And we don't praise him. Why? I think there's two extremes to that why. The first extreme is because the problem is so big. The pain, the symptom, the diagnosis is so huge that it has your attention. It's in your face. And when that thing is in your face so big, you're not thinking about praising the Lord. Or even if you are thinking about it, you don't feel like praising God. You're not in the mood to put on a happy face and say, oh, praise you, Jesus, thank you, when everything's falling apart in your life. That's where your soul comes in. Because praise isn't about feelings. Praise is a choice. I've told you this many times, but I'm going to say it again. We are a three-part being. We are spirit and soul and body. In the spiritual realm, when you receive Jesus, when you ask him to be the Lord of your life, when you say, I believe in God, and I need you, I need a savior, I give up control, I surrender to you, and I want you to be in my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. As soon as you do that, in the spiritual realm, you have the inheritance. You have the benefits. It's your benefit package. But the problem is many of us don't our benefit package sometimes because you don't know what it is you don't know what you have but the other reason might be because you're not agreeing with it you're not taking it out of the bank your soul when your soul agrees with your inheritance when you say God you said it I believe it I don't have to understand it that's the good part you don't have to have intellectual understanding but when you make a choice and you say, God, you said it, I believe it, then your body has to follow suit because two is greater than one. But this is what happens in the world. In the world, our soul, in the world, not in God's people that know the truth, but in the world, people put all of their tension and their focus on the problem. And when they do, 
they're not agreeing with God. They're not agreeing with their inheritance, with their benefits. They're agreeing with the problem because their focus is on the problem. Not that they want the problem, but that's where their focus is. That's where their attention is. That's where their time is. And your soul is agreeing with the problem because that's what you're thinking about and focusing on. And that amazing benefit is going to stay in the spiritual realm instead of being drawn into the physical realm or the natural realm. So that is one extreme when there's a massive problem. The other extreme is when everything is going really well. You're busy with life. You're feeling great, you're strong, you're healthy, your family is doing good, you're working, working, working in your job or your career. You're busy, there's a lot going on. And because of that, we can become complacent. We can become almost apathetic. Everything's going fine, so you either do church quick and check it off, or maybe you even get up and do a devotional or read the Word, check it off. But you're not devoted abundantly praising the Lord with thanksgiving. And that's a problem. So the psalmist says, soul, listen up. We're going to praise God. And I literally talk to myself. I do. When, 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 when I don't feel like praising God, that's when I need to the most. And I say, soul, listen up. We're going to go praise God. Put on the music. Put him in my ears. When I praise God, I don't put music on in the speakers out there. I put music right in my ears because otherwise stuff distracts me. And then I praise God with all my heart, my focus completely 100% on him. So that's what the psalmist is saying. And then verse 2, it says, and do not forget any of his benefits. That phrase, do not forget, can also be translated, do not ignore or do not cease to care about. I believe God wouldn't have said that if that wasn't a problem. He says, don't forget my benefits, my children. I have done all of this for you. Don't forget. Don't ignore my benefits. If God would say that, it must be we can ignore it. That he could have given us this amazing, extravagant gift, and we could just ignore it. Can you imagine if somebody brought you a gift and had it right in your face, and you ignored them and gave your attention somewhere else, how would that make that person feel? It would break their heart. It would upset them. It would hurt them. And yet that's what God says we're doing. We're ignoring his benefits. Or we're ceasing to care about them. The flip side of those negative words, do not forget, do not ignore, do not cease to care about. The flip side of that is remember. Remember his benefits. Rehearse his benefits. To rehearse his benefits means that you speak about them, most of all to yourself. You tell yourself God's benefits. And you tell yourself, you remind yourself, you say it out loud, what God's done for you. Because he's done a lot. And you tell other people. You rehearse it. God tells us to do that. Remember what I've done and tell your children and your children's children about it. Don't let anybody forget it. Keep telling the testimonies. Keep telling what, you, what God has done, what his word says he's done, and what God has done in your life. So rehearse it. Remember it, rehearse it, 
and give thanks for it. So that's what we, that was an introduction to last week. And then we talked about the first four benefits. Benefit number one, he forgives all our sins. I taught on this last week, so I won't redo it. Just want to give you that, that moment to reconnect. You can always listen to last week if you weren't here. Benefit number two, he heals all your diseases. That's in the Bible, guys. Does God lie? No. He says he heals all our diseases. That's huge. Every disease. He redeems your life from the pit. That means he saves you from the pit of hell and he takes you into the realm, the kingdom realm of God. He crowns us lavish and lavishly with loving kindness and tender mercy. That's benefit four. And today we're going to talk about benefit five. He satisfies our years with good things so that our youth is renewed like the soaring eagle. Amen. Can't, you can skip ahead about three slides. Psalm 103, verse 5. Who satisfies your years with good things. The word satisfy means to gratify to the full. So think about it. Where are you at in your life? Are you young like this young man, Jeremy? I love that guy. He comes to our meeting and he's only in his, what are you, in your 20s yet? 23. He's in his early 20s. Oh, yes. He satisfies our desires at every age, whether you're 20s or your 30s. You look like you must be about in your 30s, right? Yeah. Or in your 40s. Or in your 50s. Or in your 60s. That would be me. <laughs> 70s, 80s, 90s. He satis not hundreds, 110s, 120s. I better keep going, right? He satisfies us, gratifies us to the full in every season of our life with good things so that your youth is renewed. The word youth implies both strength and beauty. That's for me. He, he satisfies us and our youth is renewed. The word renewed means to be made new again, to be repaired. God's word for us is to live to the whole every day of our lives. I want to show you a picture of what this looks like. I'm going to put a picture up here. That's my mom and my dad. They are 92 and 94 years old. And that was not a posed picture. That was a FaceTime picture. That's what they look like all the time. They glow. It's, they, I, their children are their life. When you're 92 and 94... All of their siblings are passed away. My mom was in a family of nine children. My dad was in a family of 13 children. They are the only living siblings. But from my mom and dad, there are now 55 people in my immediate family. My family, including me, is what makes them smile like that. They are amazing. They are living evidence of the scripture. Because God has satisfied them in every season of their life with good things. And that's what they look like. Strong and beautiful. They're amazing people. They choose to live life to the full. Now, everything isn't perfect. My mom has had a stroke about 10 years ago. And there's lots of issues with her body. 
Um, my dad does everything now because my mom is very disabled. So my dad has always been very active, but now along with all the stuff that he used to do, like the lawn work and the snow plowing and all of that, he also does all the cooking and he does all the laundry. Up until a couple years ago, now mom always wears like fleeces or sweatshirts or t-shirts, but she used to wear blouses because that was what she loved. So my dad even ironed her blouses. My dad did everything, everything for her. He just hired a housekeeper. He's had her one month or two months. Until then, he was cleaning the house. My dad was doing everything. But he loves my mama so much. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Okay, this is a fun story. I shouldn't take time, but I got to tell you this. One day he says, you know, I got the best birthday present ever when I was two years old. Out of the blue, my dad's telling me this. He's old like this. And I said, oh, really, Dad, what did you get when you were two years old? He says, that's when Ruthie was born. Because <laughs> their birthdays are exactly two years apart within a week. I mean, that's how sweet he is. And he just adores my mom, and my mom adores my dad. And they're just precious. They live on their own. They have. They will. My dad drives really well. He just bought a new car. In fact, my car that's out there is his last car because he buys a brand new car every four years. Anyway, they're living life to the full. So how does that apply to you and to me? We can take God's word and believe it. We don't have to understand it. I believe that God doesn't want his children to live like the rest of the world. Yes, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. So what do I do? What does Lisa do? What does Yvonne do and Alice do and Pat do? We believe the word. And Barb, especially Barb, 85-year-old, sweet, just like my mama Barb. So what do we do? We believe God at his word and we declare it over ourselves. Every day, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, start my day. And when I start my, my walk or my exercise or whatever I'm doing, I say, God, I thank you for my renewed youth. I thank you that my body, and I go through my body, you know, my organs, my systems, my knees, my, my hips, my bones, everything. I am healthy, and I can, I thank you. I can walk. I thank you. I can jog. I thank you. I can do this. And I, I just praise you, God. My youth is renewed like the eagles. It's your word. I believe it. Thank you, God. I plan to live my entire life strong with renewed youth. So that's how you apply it. Okay, now I want to start a little bit of testimony. God revealed this word to me. This was a confirmation of a prayer. So, um, Paula, you got a confirmation when you walked in this. You didn't even ask, and God gave you a confirmation of a concern, a desire of your heart. Well, I was in the midst of my first healing journey. I was, it was in 2002, and I was in the midst of stage 4 cancer. I was diagnosed in February, and I was healed completely in July. And this happened in May, so it was near the end of my healing journey. And I was driving home from school that day. I was a teacher at the time. And when I was on my way home, I was meditating on this scripture. I had it memorized, and I was speaking it out loud to God. And he gave me a little nudge. He does that a lot. And when he does, I stop. When I say a little nudge, there's just this little feeling, like, stop. Think about what you just said, Cindy. And I had just said, God, you satisfy me with good things, for my youth is renewed as the eagles. And then I got this thing. What did you just say? What does that mean? 
prepared to think about it. Here I was given a death sentence. They told me I had six months to live. And God's telling me my youth is renewed. And I said, God, I trust you. I trust you. I believe you, God, with all my heart. But I can't see inside of my body. And I could really use some confirmation. That's exactly the words I spoke to God that day. And I said, you said my youth is renewed like the eagles. Will you show me an eagle? I hadn't planned on that. I didn't think, oh, I want a sign, God. What sign should I ask for? I didn't think about it. I didn't plan it. It just came up and out of my heart. And um, so, okay, so I'm driving home. I got the rest of the way home, and it was Memorial Day weekend. We were getting ready to go to the cottage. And as soon as I drove in the driveway, came in the door, Kent was cooking dinner, and the TV was on. And the whole screen was a soaring eagle. The whole thing, this eagle was soaring. And it was like, I have no idea what it was about. All I know was I had asked God to show me an eagle. And it was, you know, beautiful video or whatever on the TV of an eagle. And I, I was overwhelmed. It was like, wow, that was fast. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is this a coincidence? Or maybe that's a commercial that's on all the time and I just haven't seen it or whatever. So I just kind of didn't say anything. I just kind of waited. That was the first of five eagle confirmations that weekend. The second one was in the mail that day. I had gotten cards every day, lots and lots of cards, lots of beautiful cards from beautiful people. This was the only one out of hundreds of cards that had an eagle on the front. And this is what the, the, the picture, this is what was written with it. When you come to the edge of all the light you know and are about to step off into the darkness of the unknown, faith is knowing that one of two things will happen. There will be something solid to stand on or you will be taught how to fly. May you be guided by the light of faith every step of the way. And that just, that just encouraged me. God was speaking to me again with the symbol of the eagle and talking about faith. So I was so encouraged. The third sign that God gave me was in the Bible. Now, I was a brand new believer, and I'd never read the Bible. So every day when I opened the Bible, it was the first time I'd read that part of the Bible. And he led me. I don't remember how, but he led me to Isaiah 40, 31. I'm going to teach on that next when I talk about the second eagle benefit. But it says something like this. It says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on eagles' wings. They shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And God started to speak that to my heart, and it also was this beautiful promise about eagles. So that was my third eagle encouragement. The fourth one was on Sunday morning. We went to church. My whole family went to church, and at that time we were attending the Catholic church. And up north we had a Catholic church we went to, and my whole family lives up there. And so we were all there. And the first song was On Eagle's Wings. And I was like just weeping, praising God as this song, and I was worshiping that I'm soaring on eagle's wings. And it's all about the Psalm 91, which I didn't know then. But it's all the Psalm 91 scriptures in that song. It's beautiful. And then came the fifth one. It was the same day. It was Sunday. It was in the afternoon. And I had invited my mom and my dad for dinner. 
and my dad is an outdoorsman. He knows every animal. He's a fisherman, a hunter. He knows everything about every animal in the region. He has lived there his whole life. And I said, Dad, have you seen an eagle around here lately? And he looked at me like I was nuts. And he said, I have never seen an eagle around here. So I just let it go, and I didn't say anything. I had not told anybody to this point what I had talked to God about. About five minutes after I had asked my dad that question, my two boys, who were college age at the time, came tearing into the house so excited. They had been out skiing in the cold, yucky weather. Like, this mother is too smart to do that, but the boys do, right? And they came in saying, Mom, you can't believe what we just saw. An eagle was soaring, flew over the boat, dove into the water, caught a fish, and landed right on our property, right on our island, and ate that fish. That's when I lost it. That's when I was falling like a baby at my amazing God who had confirmed his word for me, that my youth is renewed. It was a confirmation of my healing before I had the doctor's report. I knew that I knew that I knew that he was confirming that my youth was renewed and I was healed and I was whole. Because I said, God, I can't see in my body. I could really use some confirmation. And he confirmed it with that eagle. Five times, my amazing God. Five times. Five times. Oh, yes. Grace, grace. Grace. You're right, Lisa. So that eagle has been at my cottage ever since. That was the first time. Unbeknownst to me, my, my neighbors told me that eagle had been circling our island the whole weekend. But it was a cold, rainy weekend, and I was not outdoors. Don't ask me why. I didn't look, but I didn't until my boy saw it. That eagle has been there ever since. We have a deck, and on the deck, and go to the next picture, honey. On the deck, there is a tree right by the deck. And there's a dead branch on that tree that has never been cut out. That's my eagle. It literally perches. If, if this is my, my sliding glass door, if, as soon as he sees me at the door, he flies. So I sneak up really, really quiet to try to get a picture like that. I've tried so many pictures. It's hard to get one. Because as soon as he or she sees me, there's a pair of them. So sometimes there's two at once. But there's usually one. And as soon as it sees me, it flies. But it's about maybe where that projector is. That's about how far away it is from me when I'm standing at the sliding glass door. And it's there very often in the morning. Not only that, but that eagle, it's, it's like God keeps bringing that eagle. So I might be, I pray for people a lot on the phone. So I might be praying on the phone and all of a sudden the eagle flies by. It's like he's just saying, remember, Cindy. I, my God says, I am your healer. I am all that you need. And the eagle will fly by while I'm praying. The eagle always does. Every year, we, we winterize the cottage in the winter because it's not a, you can't use it in the winter. Every year, the last thing when we leave, he does a flyby. One year, Kemp was winterizing, and it was freezing cold. Everything was done in the cottage. It was all closed up. And I was in the truck waiting to drive away for the winter. And Kent remembered one last thing he had to check. And he went, to, got out of the truck to go check it. And the eagle did a flyby. Right by the window. Right by the window. It never flies that low. But it did that day. He was saying, 
okay, bye-bye, see you in the spring. And then the next picture I have to show you was the first weekend in the spring. Go ahead, honey. Is he still there? Oh, Dale's talking to him. Can you go to the next screen, please? So the reason I took this picture, this is my family, and we, it was too early to go to the cottage because it was too, the cottage wasn't open yet. So we went to my sister's house for dinner or whatever, and we were, all, we were, we're always all together every weekend. But when we were together, we wanted to take a quick snapshot of the family, that's, and Kent was taking the picture, and we were all sitting there posing ready for a picture, and my sister says, look, there's the eagle. And we all went like that. And that's us, because they all know Cindy's eagle. They all know how special the eagle is to me. So the first weekend in the spring, he just does a flyby. How cool is God? How cool is God? That was my confirmation of healing. That was my confirmation of my renewed youth. So the first eagle benefit, and it's for you too, it's not just for me. The first benefit is renewed youth every season of your life, but it's your choice. It's your choice whether you take it, whether you actively receive it, or whether you choose to live like the world and say, well, that's just what happens when you get old. I'm not going to do that. I refuse. Amen. I like that. Forever young. Forever young. My pastor, um, well, one of my pastors, Pastor Fran, says forever 33 because as he is so are we and that was where Jesus that was Jesus's when he saved us he was 33 forever 33 okay the next ego benefit is renewed strength not just renewed youth but renewed strength and I'm going to read from Isaiah 40 I would like to start back a few verses from the one verse that we're going to zero in on. We're going to start with verse 26. Lift up your eyes to the sky and see for yourself. Who do you think created this cosmos? He lit every shining star and formed every glowing galaxy and stationed them all right where they belonged. He has numbered, counted, and given everyone a name. They shine because of God's incredible power and awesome might. Not one fails to appear. So this scripture is talking about the vastness and the amazingness of the creation of the universe. And God is the creator of that universe. The power of God, the spoken word of God. God spoke and the worlds were framed. That's powerful. But then it goes on. And the next verse, I put my name in it. You can put your name in it too. The next verse is talking to the chosen ones. It's talking where my name is. Go ahead and go to the next verse, honey. It uses the word Jacob and sons of Israel, which are um, our ancestors in the chosen race. But I now am a chosen daughter. So you can put your name in here too. So the scripture is just talked about the, the vastness of God the creator. And then it says, why then? Why then, Cindy? Why then, Paula? Why then, Shelby, would you ever complain? And my chosen daughter, why would you say Yahweh isn't paying attention to my situation? 
he's lost all interest of what happens to me. And then the next verse goes on. Don't you know? Haven't you been listening? Yahweh is the one and only everlasting God, the creator of all you can see or imagine. He never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. It's like God is just taking us and shaking us up a little bit and saying, listen to me. I can create the universe, and I did. I can certainly take care of you. I am not weary. I don't get tired or worn out. I'm not, my intelligence isn't limited. I don't, I'm not puzzled about what to do to help you. Funny thing is, it's not usually the way you would plan it, but it's always amazing. And then the next verse is the one that we usually meditate on or read when we read this particular scripture. He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. That's a good promise. That line in itself. But then it goes on and even gives us more. Even young people faint and get exhausted, and athletic ones may stumble and fall. Now that verse, verse 30, is referring to people without God. So you can have the youngest, strongest, most, most athletic young men and women, and they can still stumble and fall and have all kinds of issues without God. But then there's the word but. Whenever you see the word but, God just gives you a nugget. He says, but. Those who wait for Yahweh's grace, those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. In the New King James, it says, will have renewed strength. They will rise up on soaring wings like eagles and fly like eagles. They will run their race without growing weary and walk through life without giving up. Amen. Now let's look at what it says in verse 31. Because that is an awesome promise for renewed strength. But there is a contingency. And that is to wait on Yahweh's grace. That word wait, I love this word. I did a teaching on it last summer. That Hebrew word is quava. I think I put it in your notes. It's Q-A-V-A-H. Quava. And that word quava is not just an expanse of time. Many times when you're in the middle of your healing journey, I call it the gap. When you're in the gap between now and seeing the full manifestation of your healing, you don't like that part. You don't like that waiting part or that treatment part or that whatever's going on in your life. You don't like that part. But there's a whole lot of good going on when you're waiting like this. Because this word wait doesn't just mean an expanse of time. This word, quava, means binding and connecting our hearts to who God is and to his promises. That's why you guys are here tonight. That's why I wanted to start this meeting with acknowledging the presence of God because this is what we're doing. We're binding our heart. We're connecting to who God is and to his promises. The Hebrew concept of waiting on the Lord isn't passive. It's not just sitting back and waiting. It's active, full of hope and expectation. That word hope doesn't mean I wish. That's not what it means. It means 
joyful anticipation. It means expectancy. And the only way you could possibly have expectancy in the middle of a crisis of your life is because God's in your life and because his promises are in your heart and because you've heard good news instead of the bad news out in the doctor's offices. Hope, expectancy. Here are the concordance words for quava. To wait, to tarry, to hope, to trust, to expect, to be patient, to remain in anticipation. And in the Hebrew, the correct way to hope and wait for the Lord is to steadfastly expect his mercy, his salvation, and his rescue. And while waiting, do not take the matters into your own hands. So in Isaiah 40, 31, from the Amplified, all of these words are, are richly shown to us what the word quava means. To those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, they will gain new strength, and they will renew their power, and they will soar on eagles' wings. They will have renewed strength. That word, renewed strength, or renewed power, refers to powerful human strength and ability. It refers to vigor, powerful human strength and ability and vigor. But you have, you have a step to take, guys. You got to get up off your chair and do something. Last year, I had the first COVID or the first um, uh, cancer treatment, the first chemotherapy treatment, and I came home with COVID. And I felt terrible. I put on an exercise video every day. And I got up and I did it. And I didn't do a lot. I only did maybe 10 or 15 minutes and I was very low energy. But I did it. Or I would get up and go outside and go for a walk. Now part of the reason was because I'd heard that it's important that you keep moving when, you're, when you have COVID, to keep your lungs moving and all that. But the other reason was, devil, you messed with the wrong lady. You're not having your way here. And I was waiting with God. I was entwined my heart with him one on one. And it was like, oh, no, I have renewed strength. So I'm going to get up. And God gave me the ability, and then I would lay down and take a nap. <laughs> and then, I, you know, but do something. Do something. Get up and live. Don't sit down and, and be sick. Don't sit down and not do anything. Get up and do what you can do. Be wise. Don't, do, don't be stupid. But do what you can do. I had cancer in my back. It hurt. I couldn't jump, and I didn't, because I could feel the pressure on the bones in my back. But I walked, and I walked carefully. My aerobic stuff, I, could, I had to, some of it I had to modify it. Couldn't do it all the way. But I would do what I could do. And now look at me, healed, whole, strong, renewed strength. And then the scripture says that they will soar on eagles' wings. You don't need to go anywhere, Kent. I'll just speak about this. He says that they will rise up on soaring wings 
and fly like eagles. I want to talk about that right now. I pointed out the word soaring a couple times already. I want to talk about soaring now. This is how eagles typically fly. It's a style of flying where they hold their wings outward and they rarely flap. They hold their wings outward and that saves them considerable energy. That's important. That saves them considerable energy. And instead of flapping, they rely on rising air currents to gain altitude. Now, I've seen eagles fly. I've seen eagles soar a lot. And when they soar, they go in a circle and they keep their wings spread out. And with the rising air currents, and I don't understand air currents, so don't ask me to explain that, but they do evidently. They go higher and higher. Every time they go around and they see eagles fly in a circle, they go higher and higher and higher and higher. Now the scripture says that when we quava, when we wait, connected, heart to heart with the Lord, we will soar. I believe that when we are waiting on God like that, and that includes expectation, that includes trust, that includes hope, anticipation of good. When we are waiting like that, we're soaring. When we are soaring, when we are trusting God, when we are um, waiting like that, we are resting. We are not using considerable energy. We are conserving energy. We are using our strength. Our strength is renewed to soar like eagles soar. We are resting in the finished work of Jesus, not on our own works. Proverbs 3, 5 powerful word. You know I love this scripture. It is one of my life scriptures. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The first part is soaring. The second part is flapping. When we are trusting the Lord, we're soaring. We're resting in his finished work. We are not using up considerable energy. Our hearts are in a position. I'm using the word homeostasis. It's a scientific word. It's a medical term. And when your body is in homeostasis, it is well balanced. Your immune system is working well. Your systems are in line. Your hormones, your endocrine system is all in balance. God's word is shalom. God's word is peace. When you're trusting in the Lord, you're resting. You're not using considerable energy. But when you're leaning on your own understanding, you're flapping your wings. You're doing it on your own strength. You're trying to do it on your own strength. That's the default of the world. Research, focusing on the problem, trying to get all the details worked out, and it is overwhelming. Stress, strife, worry, anxiety, immune system getting all screwed up, your body getting whacked and getting sick and sicker, and sicker. And whatever it is you're already fighting, you're just compounding it. God's got a better way. He said, soar. But we need to do the but part. But wait on the Lord. Quava with the Lord, and you will soar. I'm going to read that same scripture, Isaiah 40, 31, this time from the New Living. But those who trust in the Lord, there's that word trust, will find new strength, and they will soar high on wings like eagles. So you have the potential for renewed strength. 
for physical strength and ability, for vigor. You have, a, you have the potential for that when you receive the promise and you do your part, which is to wait connected to God. So that's the second ego benefit. The third ego benefit was just revealed to me by God about a month ago. I've read this scripture, I don't even know how many times, but this time he put a light bulb on it. It is in Exodus chapter 19, and I never even knew this was there. Moses went up to God. I love the story of Moses going up and talking face-to-face with God. Oh, can you imagine how cool that would be if we talked face-to-face with God? It's pretty cool, huh? Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, and this is what he said. Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. Let me stop. I feel like God is saying, this is for you. We're the children of Israel. We're the house of Jacob. So God says this to you and to me right now. He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Let me just stop and talk about you and I. The Egyptians were the enemies. The Egyptians were the ones that were holding them in slavery, in bondage for 400 years. God spoke to them and he's speaking to to us. He says, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians. You've seen what I did to those that were holding you in bondage or to that which was holding you in bondage. And how I bore you up on eagle's wings and drew you to myself. Think about your life. Think about God has rescued you from bondage. I could go on for another hour and tell you how he's done that in my life. How he's rescued you. How he's shown you truth. How he has set you free. And how he has bore you up in the midst and drawn you to himself. And then it goes on. It says, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay, for those Catholics out there, (laughs) including me, God's calling us a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I don't mean in any way to be downplaying the the awe and the respect that you have for your priests. But God's calling all of us to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We're going to go there in just a second. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Because this eagle benefit has two parts. We're carried and we're chosen. So let's start with being carried. Because this is for all of us. Before I talk about how God carries us, I'm going to go back to the eagle. Because it says God bears us up on eagles' wings. So let's talk about how eagles bear up their young. You've probably heard this scientific fact. I did a little bit of, not a lot, but a little bit of studying on eagles because I don't want to tell you anything that's not true. There is another story about renewed strength with eagles that is not true. So I wouldn't share it with you. You've probably read it on the internet before. It's not true. But this one is true. And the, the gist of it is, is that when eagles teach their young to fly, I've got a little quote here, a little observation. I'll just read it. Um, This was written many years ago, so it sounds kind of old-fashioned. 
But last summer, while my father and I were extracting honey at the apiary about a mile southeast of Thatcher School in California, we noticed a golden eagle teaching, teaching its young one to fly. It was about 10 o'clock. The mother started from the nest in the crags, and roughly handling the baby, she allowed him to drop. The baby eagle dropped about 90 feet, and then she would swoop down under him, wings spread, and that baby would alight on her back. Scripture says he will bear us up on eagles' wings. And this person who wrote the observation watched for over an hour. And about every 15 minutes, she let the baby rest. And then about every 15 minutes, she'd push him out of the nest again and let him fall. And then swoop down under him and let him land as she was teaching him to fly. Now, I've never seen that, but we had a baby eagle about three years ago at our cottage. Can't go ahead and don't start the video, but just go to the next slide. I'm going to show you this video in just a second. I want to give you a little precursor. Remember I told you that whenever um, I see my eagle, I have to be very, very quiet because as soon as I go to the window, the eagle will fly? Well, one morning, about three years ago, I heard the eagle. They have a very distinct call. I know the sound of the eagle. And um, when I heard it, I knew the eagle was there, so I did my typical sneaking, sneaking to the window. And it looked different because it didn't have a white head. Well, it's because it was a baby eagle. It didn't yet have its bald eagle head. It was just all brown feathered. And then I saw that the mother eagle was right there next to it. And so I'm like, wow, I was all excited. I knew there was a baby eagle on the lake because my family that lives there had told me that. Well, I know this truth about or this, you know, thing about the baby eagle learning to fly. I'm thinking, what am I going to see? I was all excited because I knew that baby eagle was learning how to fly. So I went out the back door of our cottage and I snuck around with my video camera reel didn't see it either. It just kept flying. I started to video it. You're going to see it in a second. But they didn't fly. The mother would not leave the baby. And the baby, I think, was afraid to fly. So let's watch the video, and then I'll tell you a little bit more. It's terrible quality. I apologize for that, but it's still really cool. There's the dead branch. Other dead branch. Okay, the eagle's right up there. I was silent now until I, until I realized they weren't going to fly. Is up in the trees. Mama eagle is over to the left. You can't see her now, but you will in a minute. That's the baby. That's baby eagle crying. Mama eagle usually flies away, but probably because baby eagle's there. See the mama eagle on wanting. the left now? See mama eagle? Got it zoomed in as far as I can go. Mama Eagle's down below. Pretty awesome, huh? And there's the mother sitting right by her baby. And she never flew. That happened to be a Sunday morning, and we were on our, late for church. And we had to leave. When we left, they were still in the tree. That mother would not leave that baby. So let's go back to what that word means in the Bible. It says that he bore them up. He bore the Israelites up on eagles' wings and drew them to himself. That word bore means to lift, to lift up, 
to carry, to support, to sustain. And it is a beautiful analogy of God's care and affection for his people. That mama eagle would not leave her baby. I've known that eagle for 20 years. And that eagle always flies. But not when her baby is there. She would not leave. Didn't matter. I was standing right underneath taking a video. She was staying with that baby. That's what God does for you. When you are afraid, when you feel like you don't know what to do, God is right there. He is bearing you up on eagle's wings. He's there. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. And he is there teaching you, helping you, supporting you, carrying you. There's another scripture I love in Deuteronomy that he's given to me that says, Cindy, remember how I carried you the way a father carries his child. It's very similar to this analogy of the eagle bearing you up on eagle's wings, carrying you the way a father carries his child. That's God. And when you, and you've probably seen the fingerprints in the sand or the footprints in the sand, that says that when there's only one set of finger footprints, that's when he's carrying you. That's when you couldn't walk anymore. God is with you. He is always with you. And it, it, we, need to, we need to meditate on that. We need to see a scripture like this and take it, receive it, and know that's an eagle benefit. He is there to carry you. But he's also chosen you. Tim, can you go back one slide? I should have had you put this on there twice. Sorry, honey. The, the one previous to this, to the eagle. Yeah. I'm going to go to verse 5. This is the verse about being chosen. So first he says, I bore you up on eagle's wings and drew you to myself. And then he says, God is speaking. Remember, God says, tell this to my people. He says, now therefore. And then there's a if, a then, and an and. He says, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant. To you, to me, he's saying, if you fear me, if you take my word, if you believe me. Guys, that's our part in keeping the covenant. It's believing and receiving it. Jesus did the work. Our part is believing what he did. So he says, if you keep covenant with me, if you believe me, if you agree with me, if you follow my word, if you actively take what I've given to you, then, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. God, we, guys, we are a treasure, a chosen treasure. And, verse 6, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, that was a word spoken in the Old Testament. I'm going to read you three New Testament scriptures that give evidence that that is you and me today. The first one is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are God's chosen treasure. You are priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. That's in the Bible. That's his word. And it's talking to the people who believe in Jesus, the people who have God as their father and Jesus as their savior. 
We are God's chosen treasure. We are priests who are kings. We are a spiritual nation or a holy nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you and I out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims us as his very own. He did this so that we would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time we were not God's chosen people, but now we are. At one time we knew nothing of God's mercy because we hadn't received it yet. But now we are drenched with it. That's who we are. We are kings and priests. We are set apart as a holy nation. We are citizens of heaven living here on this earth as ambassadors. That's who we are. And this is not for the new millennium. This is for now. This is who we are now on this earth today. I'm going to read two more scriptures from Revelations. The first that, that confirm this. This is Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Now, to the one, Jesus, who constantly loves us and has loosed us from our sins by his own blood, and to the one who has appointed us as a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, to him, to Jesus, be the glory and dominion throughout the eternity of eternities. Amen. Do you notice it says we have been appointed by Jesus as a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. The reason we have this nature is because we are in Christ. And Christ is in us. It's not because we're anything special. It's because of him in us. And that makes us very special. And in Revelation 5.10, you have chosen us. Remember, we're carried and we're chosen. You have chosen us to serve our God and formed us into a kingdom of priests who reign on this earth. Now that word reign in the original Greek is in present tense. And it indicates that the reign of believers on the earth has already begun. We reign on the earth as kings and priests. The word reign means royal rule or authority, dominating power or influence. You and I have been commissioned to carry on the kingdom of God. We have been commissioned to be a witness unto Jesus. We have been commissioned to advance the kingdom, to advance the kingdom of God and to enforce the defeat of the kingdom of darkness. And that's for all of us. So the eagle benefits. We have been, we've given renewed youth and renewed strength. And we have been carried and chosen. But it's up to you whether you soar or whether you fly. I pray that you choose to soar.